Welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams. Red Pill Revolution started out with me realizing everything that I knew, everything that I believed, everything I interpret about my life is through the lens of the information I was spoon-fed as a child. Religion, politics, history, conspiracies, Hollywood, medicine, money, food, all of it. Everything we know was tactfully written to influence your decisions and your view on reality by those in power. Now, I'm on a mission. A mission to retrain and re-educate myself to find the true reality of what is behind that curtain. And I'm taking your ass with me. Welcome to the revolution. Hello and welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams. Thank you so much for listening today. I am very, very interested to get into this discussion with you guys today. Again, this is episode number 28, and we're going to be tackling some interesting topics. There's been some really uh, interesting happenings over the last few, I guess, week or so since we discussed the 2000 Mules documentary. So I'm very interested to get into some of these discussions a little bit. Uh, that last episode that we did was kind of a, a really deep dive into a singular topic, whereas we'll kind of get back to some more current events, um, some more interesting things that have been going on over the last couple of weeks, including the change of the White House press secretary and where our last most beloved Pisaki went. I guess that's how you pronounce her name. Maybe I get it right now that she's left office, <laughs> but... That will be one of the topics that we discuss is where did she go, why did she go there, and who is replacing her. And we'll actually listen into some of the clips from the very first White House press briefing that she did. We're also going to go into a deeper discussion surrounding the baby formula shortage. That is right. There is allegedly a shortage of baby formula. And meanwhile, Joe Biden is shutting down and the FDA is shutting down some of the largest plants in the country. And we'll discuss if you should even be giving your baby formula. We'll talk about who made the formula, what's in the formula, and maybe some of the side effects and uh, the actual statistical outcomes of using baby formula, which is quite terrifying. Um, so we're going to discuss all of that and more today. So Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. Really, truly, um, I love doing this. It means so much to me. So thank you so much for being a part of it. Every single week, I plan on getting better. I plan on taking a deeper dive into some of these topics and doing everything I can to put out the best content possible. If there's anything at all that you can think of that I can do to make this podcast better, please let me know. Send me a message wherever you can find me at Red Pill Revolt. All right, while you're doing that, well, maybe... If you're not doing that even, <laughs> go ahead and hit that subscribe button right now, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, whether you're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever the hell you get your podcast, go ahead and hit that subscribe button for me. It would mean the world. That means that you're just going to follow along on this journey of us diving deeper into each one of these topics, right? And today I think is a really important discussion, whether you have kids or not, your ass was a baby at one point or another, and the likelihood of you having children, just like every single ancestor that you've had before you having children 
uh, is generally quite high. Um, so this is a really important discussion, whether you have children now, whether you don't have children, whether you've already had children and you're, you're in a later stage of life, this is something that we should really be advocating for. It's a really... Um, Interesting topic discussing the, the history of even these things. Um, but anyways, I'm, I'm going too far off topic. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Um, takes two seconds. It gives you a, a very beautiful, good feeling. Know that you've done something for somebody else today to join me on this journey. I appreciate you so much. Then when you're done with that, go ahead and hit that five-star review. Um, some jerk left a four-star review. What is that about? This is a five-star podcast. If you think there's anything less you need to send me a message and tell me what I can do to make it better. Um, no need to leave a review. That does not help. Uh, <laughs> what will help is if you send me a message, truly, honestly, if there's anything I can do to make this better, go ahead and send me a message. I would love to do that for you. But if you think this is a five-star podcast, and only if you think this is a five-star five podcast, leave a five-star review. Write something nice in the reviews for me. Tell me your favorite episode. Tell me whatever it is that you learned from this podcast. Whatever it is, go ahead and leave that five-star review. All right, done ranting, done rambling. That's all I got. All right, so let's go ahead and dive deep into this topic. The first one we're going to be looking at, I think, is a little interesting. Um, there's been some some recent clips of Kamala Harris that have come out where she is just going on and babbling, can barely put together an entire sentence, repeating herself over and over again, and just kind of like this weird, I don't know, if, if somebody did this in a conversation with you, you would probably be a little puzzled. Right, so let's go ahead and watch our first clip today, which is going to be Kamala Harris. Now, this is a clip from a month ago uh, where she discusses the passage of time. <laughs> Speaking of passages of time, uh, during the time that she repeats herself in this, you know, probably a, a minute and a half, two minutes goes by just over and over again. So really just kind of, you know, we, we always talk about the... Uh, difficulty that Joe Biden has speaking, but we need to put more attention on the vice president and how much of an idiot she is as well, because this is really, um, I don't know, I've just never, I've never really seen somebody talk in this manner uh, that's being serious, especially on a political platform, let alone the second to the world leader of basically the, the you know most powerful country allegedly in the world. So here is our vice president. Governor and I, and we were all um, doing a tour of the library here and um, talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our Oh my gosh. So, so just over and over again, when you think about the passage of time and, and you, you wonder about how time really does pass. Now, during the time that I've been speaking about this, there has been such a passage of time that you and I both perceive said passage through the time frame in which we are passing. And in that time frame, we shall pass this passage together in time. <laughs> <laughs> what is this really the best that we can do as a nation, right? Like there's some real, like I don't claim to be the smartest guy in the room in most rooms. Okay. In some, I'll claim to be the smartest guy, but in a lot of rooms, I don't claim to be the smartest guy, right? The saying goes, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, right? You, you should probably find uh, more, more intelligent people to be around if you're the smartest guy. So I don't claim to be the smartest guy in the room, but what I know is I can finish a sentence 
right? I, 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 it's, it's crazy to me that out of everybody in our country, there's Harvard professors, there's, you know, uh, unbelievable political, uh, you know, powerful individuals who, who are profound speeches and in, in, in the ability to move mountains with their words. And this is who we picked. This is what you have for me. This is this is who we voted for with the passage of time or who we didn't vote for if you watched the last episode. And if you didn't listen to the last episode, you should go watch it because that's crazy because um, apparently we didn't actually vote these people in office according to this documentary and some of the statistics that True the Vote came out with. Um, anyways, but I, I digress. Um, it's unbelievable to me that this is the best and brightest that the United States could find is, is both an, an 87 year old geriatric, uh, blubbering dementia ridden, you know, and I don't even feel like insulting Joe Biden that much. Like it really is just kind of sad, right? It's, 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 it's sad to see, you know, it's like you could put your grandpa or your, you know, I guess even your great grandpa in some instances in, in the position of Joe Biden and, uh, and start to feel bad for this guy. The fact that his wife like pushes him up there and then has to hold his hand to show him where to go and when to answer questions. And it's, it's almost sad. Now, now what's not sad about it is this man has been in politics for 45 years and that he has taken all sorts of money from, you know, the China's and the Russia's and the funneled it through Ukraine. And now he's pushing hundreds of, so he definitely plays a part, but to me, it's mostly just sad. Right, because anybody could put their blubbering, dementia-ridden grandpa in office and, and, and see the effects of this. Now, Kamala Harris is a different story. This woman is fully capable. She's what, I don't know, 50, 48, something? I don't know, 55? In that 48 to 55 range, probably? She should be capable of completing a sentence in, in a coherent manner. Right, without all of the ums and the ahs and the this and the that and the the repeating of sentences, like she should be able to use her consciousness to come up with a full thought and be able to, like, imagine your teacher rambling on like that in high school. You'd be like, "What the fuck is this person even saying?" <laughs> so, anyways, that was the first clip. That was about a month ago. Now, the most recent clip is the one that we're about to watch here, and this one is just as bad just as bad as that last one only i think it's even a little bit longer uh so let's go ahead and watch this clip and see what our vice president has to say this time i often note and have talked with many of you um, about our shared belief that our world is increasingly more interconnected and interdependent that is especially true when it comes to the climate crisis which is why we will work together and continue to work together to address these issues, to tackle these challenges, and to work together as we continue to work operating from the new norms, rules, and agreements that we will convene to work together on to galvanize <laughs> global action. We will, we will work together and we will continue working together to work towards the same goal together in our togetherness towards this goal together. Again, I, I, I just, 
I don't get it. How can you not, how can you not complete a sentence? How can you not fully finish a thought, right? Like in any situation, like I, I think the White House press secretary probably has a much more difficult job than the president in this situation to actually have to verbalize and, and, and answer in a long form format uh, some of the questions that these people have to deal with. Now, now the, she's literally reading from something, right? It's almost like, you know, she, they, they put a topic into uh, a Google uh, or something and, and it just spit out words onto a word document. And then she said, uh, you know, what are the key words that we want to hit here? Well, working together. Okay. Well, and then it just started repeating itself over and over and over again. And she just started like, it's, it reminds me of uh, what is it? The Zach Galifianakis movie um, where I'm pretty sure there's a scene where he has like a teleprompter in front of him. Is that, I'm pretty sure it's that one where he has, uh, it's either Zach Galifianakis or Will Ferrell where there's a teleprompter in front of him and, or no, it's, it's, uh, it's Ron Burgundy, Anchorman, Ron Burgundy, Anchorman, where he has the teleprompter in front of him and he's reading off this speech, uh, and, it, and it's like all wrong and it's, it's like hilarious. I'll have to find the clip and I'll post it cause it, it's, it's so funny, but um, who in the world are these speechwriters? Like they need to be demoted, right? And again, how, is this the best and the brightest that we could find for speechwriters? That she's sitting there reading a piece of paper and still cannot form a coherent thought surrounding this topic. It, it, it's it's so baffling to me that these this is our leadership, right? Like at least give me somebody competent, right? Oh, Barack Obama for all of his corruption and all of the shitty policies that were passed, had the ability to form a sentence. It's literally a comedy. The United States is a comedy right now with the people that we have in office. You could literally put together a, sat a satire season of shows showing how ridiculous it is that this is who we chose for our world leadership. And, and, and you would only have to turn the knob by like 15%. Like literally just a little bit, 15% would get you to a point where it would be a legitimate satirical comedy from where it is right now today. And right now it's just sad. It's just a little sad to me that this is who we have representing our great nation. Like again, I'll, I'll always funnel back to this. I'm a patriot. I believe in, in what our constitution stands for. I believe in what the American flag stands for. I, I believe that we are the greatest nation of people in the world. I do believe that 100%. I believe we're a great nation full of great culture and, and it's been hijacked by a bunch of uh, multi-billionaires who have put puppets into office. And, and in this case, they just did it with the wrong, like incoherent blubbering idiots. Like, and, and so again, I, I don't want to sound like I'm just crushing or, or speaking negatively consistently about the United States. I believe in the United States and what we stand for. I don't believe in this government. I don't believe in these, these individuals who are running our country. And to me, it's just sad that, that this is who is facing us or, or facing out, who, who is representing us on the world stage, who is going to these meetings, who is meeting with the, you know, world leaders at, at, at these global meetings, like the, you know, Davos, which is coming up. If you don't know what Davos is, I did a deep dive uh, episode onto the World Economic Forum and Davos and, and what their agenda is, their 2030 agenda. You should look into that. It's a really interesting topic. Uh, but, but the leadership that they put into office to me is just unbelievably stupid. And, and the fact that neither of them, 
neither of them could pass a sixth grade public speaking class with the way that they speak to the entire world on the biggest world platform that there is, how is this the best that we have? It's not. Obviously, we all know that. This is not the best that we have. But why are we not finding the best that we have? Is this a legitimate, purposeful attempt to run our nation into the ground? Like, what what, what are we doing here? Why Why has it turned into this? You know, like, what? why, why are we so... Uh, humiliated on this stage right now. Why, why are we not, why is everybody not looking at these conversations and being just completely demoralized with who is representing us to the public? And maybe they are, maybe the left has gotten to a point now where they are a little fed up with the, 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 the you know, at least the inability to form a coherent sentence, hopefully. Uh, but I, I don't know. It, 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 it's really sad to me that this is who's representing us on the world stage. Now, speaking of who was representing us, or representing these people, at least, who is supposed to be the people who could actually speak on their behalf and, and, and form a coherent sentence and, and circle back to the actual answers eventually. Let's talk about Jen Psaki. And again, every time I say that word, I, I literally have no idea how to say her stupid name. Psaki uh, said her final goodbyes as the White House press secretary. And we are all so sad. Just like she had to cry here because she's so sad that she had to leave the office and, and be ridiculed by everybody the entire time for the way that she approached these questions. So here is, is Pisaki saying her final goodbye as the White House press secretary. And as we'll find out later, as she leaves for a horrible, very sad transition to a multi-million dollar deal with MSNBC. Hmm, more on that in a minute. But before we do that, I do have an announcement to make, all right? I have found a way to start to uh, be able to put some more time, energy, and effort into this, and I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope it's something that works out for you guys as well. What I am talking about, so, so I've had, been having this conversation surrounding, you know, trying to figure out ways to monetize this podcast, also not implementing like, you know, uh, men's depends underwear where, you know, go to this website and use this code. I, I just, it's, it's a little, I don't know, it doesn't sit right with me. Now, from one side of it, it doesn't sit right with me as a consumer. I know most of the time I just press the fast forward button, right? It's like, it, it doesn't do much for you. Now, on the other side of things, I also know it doesn't do much for the podcaster, right? It doesn't make any sense for a podcast to basically sell time on their podcast to the profitability of another corporation. And so I was trying to think through some ways in which it would be both easier for you guys and easier for me to make this a, a mutually beneficial relationship. And this is how I've done it. So I come from an insurance background. Uh, prior to this, I had an insurance agency, uh, built, trained, helped all people with sales and, and that type of thing, had a sales consulting agency after that. Um, but prior to that, I had my health and life license. And so what I've decided to do is to just put an online platform for you guys to be able to uh, protect yourself, protect your family, protect your assets through life insurance. And now you don't have to talk on the phone with anybody. Usually what you'll get is you'll put your phone number online. You'll get a hundred different calls from a hundred different agents who are all trying to sell you some shitty policy that probably has, uh, you know, um, universal life and all this crazy shit that you don't actually need. And, and so the hands-off way that I found to do it is you can go to my website right now, redpillrevolution.co. And there is a link on there right now that you can click 
and it will take you to a landing page. It is my landing page with my life insurance license on there for you guys. You can go apply, run a quote for yourself. Just to give you an idea, I ran a quote for myself a little bit earlier. It was like 60 bucks for a $2 million policy for myself. Um, and when the things that that does for my family, if I pass away, right um, now with all the crazy shit that's been going on, and all the preparation that you're doing in your life, whether it's food shortages, baby formula shortages, whatever it is, protect your family because you, you know, my, some of that stuff might happen, right? That's the idea. Some of that might happen. But what's definitely going to happen is you're going to die, whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's next year. I hope it's 100 years from now, but it's going to fucking happen to all of us. You're going to die. It's going to happen to you. So protect yourself, protect your family, redpillrevolution.co, go run a quote for yourself and then run through the application process. There's a 95% approval rating on these uh, life insurance products. So what I recommend is a uh, term life policy uh, that doesn't have to do with any of the investing BS that comes along with it. Just, just save your family from being broke when you die. Just do that. But as of right now, there's about eight or nine states specifically to sign up for that life insurance policy. Um, and here they are. Let me go ahead and give you what those states are. They are um, Tennessee, Arizona, Louisiana, Michigan, Missouri, North Carolina, Ohio, West Virginia. Those are the first states right now. Um, as time goes on, I get a couple of the, you guys to get to signed up. I will buy all of the other states. <laughs> all right. Um, so if you have a state that you want me to get in and you want to sign up, let me know. Send me a message. Um, Austin at redpillrevolution.co and I will get the appointment specifically just so that you can sign up. So let me know. Send me an email. All right. So now we're going to go ahead and watch this clip with Jen Psaki saying her really sad, emotional goodbye to all the people who have been ridiculing her and backing her into a corner on every single topic without her ever answering a single question as to what this administration absolutely actually believes. So here is her sad <laughs> goodbye. My last briefing and oh. it is Brian. Um, and I wanted to start with a series of thank yous. Um, uh, I promised myself I wasn't going to get emotional. Woo! Okay. Um, um, thank you. Um, I want to say thank you to the president and the first lady. Uh, they entrusted me in serving this role for the last 15 months. And I've talked about this a little bit before, but during my first conversation with them, which was in November of 2020 after the election, uh, I was very nervous when I went to see them in Delaware. Um, and really what we talked about for the majority of our conversation was the, the, the importance of returning integrity, respect, and civility. Uh, to the White House, um, the small sliver of, of my job here in, in engaging with all of you, um, that does not mean uh, that we haven't uh, let our Irish side show, mine and the president's as well, from time to time. I recognize that. But on my best days, and as I look back, um, I hope I followed the example of integrity and grace that they have set for all of us and do set for all of us every day. And I'm incredibly grateful to them. Um, I have, I'm not going to get everyone here, but I want to thank, there is a Biden family that is extended and expanded far beyond the Biden named family. And that includes people who have worked 
with the president and for the president for many years. Ron, Anita, Bruce, Cedric, Kate, J.O.D., Donald and Roschetti, Susan Deese, Jake, Evan, Annie, Elizabeth Alexander. There's so many others. And the reason I mention them is because part of my job or the, anyone's job in this role is to represent and talk about the policies of and the work of any administration. Uh, they have integrity, grit, commitment to trying even on the hardest days and worst days uh, to make the world better for the American people. And I am very grateful uh, to them. Now, I'm, I'm not going to cry about the press team. Whew. OK. Um, <laughs> Thank you to the press team. Many of them are here. Some of them are not here um, because they are taking much needed days off. It has nothing to do with me personally, I promise. But um, you all know a lot of them. For those who don't know them, uh, they are um, incredibly tough, smart, hardworking, and deeply, deeply good human beings, deeply good public servants. And, uh, you know, people always ask me, and I'm sure you guys get asked this too, about whether Washington is rotten, you know, whether everybody is corrupt here and, you know, nothing good no, happens and we all just no argue way. with each other. And I, having done this job, believe corrupt the absolute politicians. opposite is true because I have worked with and engaged with all of these incredible people across the administration and this amazing team, many of whom are here that I get to work with every day. Um, and I, as I said about Kareen last week, um, these people are already the stars of the team, but they're going to be shining stars in the future, and I'll miss them a lot. Okay. Whew. I promised myself I was going to keep it together. I'm not. This is the last part of this. Um, I want to thank all of you in this room. Um, you have challenged me. You have pushed me. You have debated me. And at times, we have disagreed. Um, that is democracy in action. That is it working. Um, without accountability, without debate, government is not as strong. And you all play an incredibly pivotal role. Uh, thank you for what you Without accountability, without debate, democracy will not live. And that is why we silence all of our enemies. And we make sure they cannot speak on any platform without being silenced. Because we don't have a legitimate argument. Okay, I promised myself I wouldn't cry. <laughs> it's unbelievable that she wants to sit up there and say politicians are not corrupt. That she believes in a free speech debate-based democracy. Like, you know you don't, Jen. No, you don't. You wish every single one, the, all the Peter Ducies of the world were silenced and you never had to speak to them again. That is your one wish, and we all know it. You can't backpedal now about showing your Irish side. Like, it, it's, it's funny to me how none of, there's never a positive spin on being Irish, according to this uh, to this. Uh, uh, administration. Every time being Irish has been brought up has been a negative connotation. Um, so to me, it's it's so disingenuous. Her sitting up there about to be in tears over her seven-figure contract with MSNBC. I promise I'm done with the, the fake crying. I'm quite good at it, though. You know, you gotta you gotta admit, I could definitely be. I, I posted this today on Truth Social. So I would like to formally send in my application for White House press secretary. If all I have to do is lie to the people I represent, all I have to do is never answer a single question that I'm asked directly. I would, and, and then at the end of it, I get a seven-figure contract. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident I could complete that job very well. <laughs> but we all know I couldn't lie like that. And we all know I'm not fit to be in a political position where all I have to spout is... Uh, baseless arguments uh, and the, the silencing of every person that I ever come in contact being the only argument that I properly can follow through on. 
So anyways, I guess I won't be the White House press secretary after all. But I think the interesting conversation here is, is why MSNBC, right? Why is she able to seamlessly move from White House press secretary into a news media position so easily? And not only that, but a news media position where she's making millions of dollars, millions of dollars. And so I did a little digging here. I tried to figure out, you know, why with the head scratch, why would MSNBC offer her a seven-figure contract? And it has nothing to do with her ability to speak. It has nothing to do with her ability to bring a new taste and flavor to MSNBC. No, you know what it has to do with is all of the money that was shoveled in to the White House where she defended all the bullshit for these large corporations that own MSNBC. It has nothing to do with her ability to speak because we all know she can't answer a single question directly. What we do know is that the people who own MSNBC is BlackRock and Vanguard. Those are the two biggest corporations. And and following that, here, I'll even pull up this little article for us surrounding who actually I had it up. I guess maybe, uh, oh, here it is. All right. So there's this article that I heard is MSNBC is not your friend. Follow the money. Now it's a fairly long read, so I'm going to skip through a little bit of it, but I do think it's quite interesting. Now they have this little infographic and it shows who owns NBC. Okay. Um, and then it goes on to show who owns MSNBC. So here are the largest. So, so the top institutional shareholders of Comcast, Comcast owns MSNBC, So the question is, who owns Comcast, right? Who are the biggest shareholders in Comcast? Now, these names might be familiar because they own everything, and including you, right? So here are the names. Vanguard. Vanguard, okay? Vanguard's the number one stakeholder in Comcast. BlackRock is the second largest stakeholder in Comcast, which owns MSNBC, okay? So... It goes on to show that other organizations is J.P. Morgan Chase. Hmm. Interesting. Bank of America. Interesting. Now, let's go find out who owns a portion, right? Let's see uh, what BlackRock and Vanguard's stake is in Pfizer percentage. All right. Now, forgive me. I don't have a, a, a Joe Rogan, young Jamie here. Um Googling everything on my behalf. So I have to kind of keep it flowing while we're going. (laughs) Didn't have that one planned. So this says BlackRock's Moderna and Pfizer shares increased by more than 2.5 billion in the week after the announcement of the Omicron variant. Okay. Vanguard Group made a $2.7 billion up from 1 billion um, with Moderna and 1.7 billion from Pfizer. So the shocking, shocking amount of money um, that Vanguard and BlackRock actually controls. A large stake of that goes into these pharmaceutical companies who she has been shoving down your throat, shoving down your throat, your children's throat, your pregnant wife's throat, you, your throat, so that you get their products. That's what she's been doing. She's been playing this game where she's been paddling the disinformation campaigns of everybody who opposes Pfizer and BlackRock and Vanguard and all of these corporations that own these entities with the idea that eventually, just give it a year, Jen. Just give it a year. 
I need you to argue with Peter Ducey for one year and we'll give you a multi-million dollar contract with one of our organizations. Oh, and you probably don't even have to show your face very often for it. Hmm. Quid pro quo. It's how it all works. All of these organizations own these smaller organizations and they put these people into positions or they incentivize them to give the information that they want and silence the opposing viewpoints to the point where they can't even speak in a conversation with these individuals, all while on the backs of her farewell speech, she's going to come and tell us that she believes in a fair democracy where debate leads the way. Fuck you. Fuck you, Vanguard. Fuck you, BlackRock. Fuck you, Jen Psaki. All of you. You gross, like, ugh, disgusting like all of this shit if you're not seeing this yet how all of this is intertwined every little piece of it right vanguard has a big stake in pfizer they have a big stake in comcast they have a big stake they 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 funded the oscars they put all of this money into all of these little spider webs of disgusting grossness so that they can push their products and jab you in the side of your fucking body with an experimental drug shut you down in your home, shut down your business so you can't even make money. All for profit, all for profit. And now I have an idea, right? I I have this idea about corporations and I've got to a point where like I was a very pro big conglomerate, you know, like I had this idea that like, you know, generally corporations were good, right? Now I have an idea that kind of counterposes that. And if you don't know my political viewpoints, I'm kind of like a mixture between a um, conservative libertarian hippie. <laughs> like, oh, I guess that's the best way to describe me as like a, a conservative libertarian-ish hippie-esque, uh, you know, it's kind of the mixture that I have. And in and, and and some social issues like... Uh, um, access to drugs and, and, and the way that you go about, you know, legalizing certain drugs and in and, and some certain social programs. You know, I, I have some left-leaning social positions, but for the most part, I'm a conservative-ish, libertarian-ish hippie. I believe that the government should probably only have their hands in, in very little places, um, and mostly in, in the portions which have to do with crime and have to do with protecting our country. Those are probably where I draw the line for the most part. And even that kind of counter uh, counters the, the, the hippie portion of me, which is the fact that, you know, the war machine and all of the war pigs out there siphoning money off the backs of the blood of our children going to war on their behalf for reasons we'll never actually fully know. I don't know. There's my there's my political beliefs. If you had to put it in a box, and and I guess well, I guess the biggest thing is constitutionalist too. So I'm a, a conservative-ish, libertarian-ish, hippie constitutionalist. <laughs> if I had to put it all in a box, all right. There's there I put it all on the table for you guys. That's where I'm at. All right. So um, I don't know how we got there. I guess BlackRock, Vanguard. Okay. So so the idea to me is with corporations is that they're this 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 organism, right? When 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 a a company goes from being held and um, operated by a singular individual, a, a CEO that runs it, that has a vision for where the company's going and the morality behind that individual directs the morality of that company. 
Okay. Now, when you take away the individual, when, when you only have shareholders, stockholders, whose only investment in that company has nothing to do with the morality and its impact on the world, it only has to do on their profitability. Okay. So I have this idea that the, the, the organism that is a corporation thrives off of only profit once it's been turned into a public company. Once there are shareholders, once there are stockholders, once there's board members and there's a CEO who's positioned only there to, to, to maintain profitability for the organization. Okay. Now, to me, everything that comes from that, that organism that lives and breathes and the only way it survives is off of profit. That is its food. That is its consciousness. That is its morality is all based on profit. And Vanguard and BlackRock are the worst and the worst and the worst of them. And so the only thing that they do is they, they literally, uh, they literally deteriorate countries. They, they profit off the backs of the, the poor and, and the, uh, unintelligent in, in the, the imposed political authoritarianism that was vaccines and lockdowns and all this shit that they pushed, it, it all comes down to profitability, right? They found these ways to move and shift the entire world, the entire world. Now, if you don't think the origins of this, this, uh, of this, uh, um, sickness was, not man-made to this point where you see how much profit has been made, how much billions, how what percentage the billionaires of the world have made. They've literally almost doubled their profits. They've almost doubled their their net worths during the same time that the, the, the you's and the I's and the they's and the them's of the world lost everything. They lost their businesses. They lost their personal bodily sovereignty. They lost they lost everything. And, and, and these corporations are, are profiting off of the back of this. And, and so they position people like Jen Psaki to bring it around to circle back. <laughs> they position the Jen Psaki's of the world, the Joe Biden's, the Kamala Harris's in, in a position where they have either blackmail. They have either incentivization incentives. They, they position them with incentives like this, where they say, hey, Jen, if you push the narratives that we give you, and you don't speak up about these things that are coming up from these uh, opposing viewpoints, then we'll make sure you and your family are taken care of forever. Now, the only thing, and this is selling your soul to the devil. It's literally selling your soul to the devil because that is the devil. The devil is the organism, the organism that is, is only living and breathing off of profitability, right? So, so to, that is who we're dealing with here. And, and, and that is who, you know, they're, they're, they're literally only putting themselves in a position where they can profit off of these conversations. So if you own the press secretary, you own every legitimate piece of, 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 of truth, right? You own truth, especially when they come out with a disinformation governance board. Like you own the truth because that individual gets to speak about every topic and tell the entire world what the president believes, even though he's a blubbering, dementia-ridden uh, elderly, like he should be in an old folks home. We know this. All of us know this, but they positioned her there. So she could be the talking mouth of BlackRock and Vanguard. And then eventually they give her a multi-million dollar contract with MSNBC owned by Comcast, which is owned by Vanguard and owned by BlackRock. There you go. There's the fucking pieces to the puzzle. And, and, and this is, this is everywhere. It's not just in the white house. It's in academia. 
It's not just in academia. It's it's in your schools. Like it's it's in the public eye. It's in it's in our local state governments. It's it's everywhere. It's in the CEOs of conglomerate organizations. It's in the CEOs of the Apples and the Facebooks and the everywhere. Everywhere has to do with this 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 like gross organism that only that only has the morality that is compassed based on profitability. And profitability is always based on the idea that you're siphoning that money from somewhere. And who are you siphoning that money from? You're siphoning that money from the individuals who you can who you can take what little they have from their 401ks as we see the stock markets plummeting over the last, I don't know, month and a half, all while gas prices are skyrocketing. Gas prices are skyrocketing. Housing costs are skyrocketing. Uh... APR percentages, your, your, your percentage on your loans are skyrocketing. Everything is skyrocketing. Meanwhile, inflation is up, uh, food costs are up, and, and your 401k is down, and Jen Psaki is getting a multi-million dollar deal with Vanguard through MSNBC so that she can peddle their little lies to you so that they can profit and siphon your money away from you. It's sickening. It's, it's, it's gross, it's sickening, it's frustrating, and it pumps a lot of disbelief in our govern, government for me. And, and I think that's happening all over the country. And when you start to connect these dots and you start to see that the Harvard professors get moved into the Pfizer CEOs and the Pfizer CEOs get moved into the, the head of the DIH and the head of the DIH gets moved into the head of the NIH who gets moved back to a Harvard position and, and moves into a, uh, the, the head of the newest next whatever company they can find for them. It all is a circle of disgustingness. All right, so on the backs of that conversation, let's go ahead and look at the actual new press secretary. I think let's go ahead and get a, see if we can get a feel for who she is and maybe if she'll be better. I, I don't know. Maybe she'll be better than Jen. Maybe she'll answer questions. I hope she does. I think that's what our country needs. If, if our president's an idiot and doesn't know how to finish a sentence, if our vice president can't uh, talk herself out of a, a cardboard box without repeating herself 10 times, maybe this woman can do it. So let's see what she has to say in her opening statements about her newest position right I now. just want to say a few words about how honored I am to be here with all of you today uh, in this role, in this room, standing behind this podium. I am obviously acutely aware uh, that my presence at this podium uh, represents a few firsts. Uh, I am a black gay immigrant woman, the first of all three of those to hold this position. I would not be here today if it were not for generations of barriers, barrier-breaking people before me. I stand on their shoulders. If, if it were not for generations of barrier-breaking barrier people before me, I would not be here. But um, I benefit from oh, their sacrifices. <laughs> I have learned from their ex ex excellence, and I am forever grateful to them. Representation does matter. You hear us, you hear us say this uh, often in this administration, and no one understands this better than President Biden, which is why his administration is not only the most diverse in history, it is filled with barrier-breaking women and men from the vice president to the cabinet secretaries uh, to his Supreme Court nominee to senior staff throughout this administration. When I did my first briefing as principal...
Okay, that's enough. So we know exactly how she opened that was, I am the first black gay immigrant to ever have this position. Okay, so maybe you should start with your qualifications, not your skin color, who your sexual preferences are for in a bedroom setting, and your immigration status. If that's how you start your opening sentence of your press secretary career and then continue it with representation matters, I only have this position because of these three things. I don't know. That's not a good start to me. Now, I don't know if that's the only reason that she's in the office. It kind of sounds like it from that statement, right? Maybe you should lead with the fact that uh, here's your education. Here's your background. Here's uh, what I believe in, you know, whatever this is, you know, maybe the opening statement shouldn't be about racial divide, sexuality, and immigration status. I don't know. Who am I? Just a guy. But that, to me, says a lot about where this is going to go. Uh, now, to me, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just it's, it's crazy to me that this is going to be the person who's, who's following up on, on Jen Psaki. And, and I, we know why they did this, right? They're, they're like insulating themselves from criticism. <laughs> they're like, oh, shit, we shouldn't have put the redheaded white girl in there. Uh, we we gotta we gotta put you know a, a gay black immigrant in there to to so that we can't be questioned by so harshly by Peter Ducey without him being a racist homophobe. <laughs> and it seems to me like it's insulation against Peter Ducey, um, so that now he has to tread a little bit lighter. So that the and and when he does not, he's gonna be severely lashed by the left. For, for not uh, treading lightly with with uh, minority crowds. So here is her take on the baby formula, shortest conversation, and then we'll dive into that um, and start that that topic here. So here it is. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Um, on, on a separate topic, yeah. uh, the president told my colleague Jeremy Diamond on Friday when he asked if the administration should have acted sooner on baby formula shortage, if we'd been better mind readers, I guess we could have. Um, this doesn't seem like a situation that would have required mind reading. As you know, the recall date back to February. Uh, I believe Politico reported months ago that the FDA was first warned about the suspected uh, bacteria issue as early as September. <clears throat> Are there any uh, specific actions that this administration took, meetings, phone calls, uh, briefings in February or any earlier to begin addressing this uh, potential shortage. I mean, you've heard us talk about this. Uh, you've seen my colleagues on on your networks uh, talking about what we have done uh, since uh, you know since February. We've been we've been working around on this 24 seven. To but I do want to give you a little bit uh, of an update of where we knows, are. Um, so getting more safe and fit formula pillars. onto shelves across the country is one of the president's top priorities. Right. This is something that he is focusing on uh, very acutely uh, and. Again, I said 24/7. We have been working on this since we have uh, since we learned about this back in February. It's important to remember this shortage exists because Abbott closed the facility, uh, uh, closed a facility because of safety concerns from the FDA. The FDA is working closely with Abbott to bring the facility back online uh, safely. That's the key. All of the uhs, all of the ums, all of the you knows, all of the... And, and in this entire time, she's looking at a piece of paper. <laughs> she's literally looking at what she should be saying. If you watch the press secretary, they flip, 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 flip. They find the topic. They look at their response. And then they try to give some eye contact every, I don't know, every few periods that they find themselves in. 
Um, they try to give some eye contact. A little bit of hand motion really goes a long way. And uh, it, she she has finds herself, even with a piece of paper in front of her, I'm going completely off the cuff. So you probably hear some ums. You probably hear some ahs. You know is kind of a part of my my vernacular right is a part, you know, there's these filler words that I get here, but I'm completely just talking with you guys. Like we're sitting at the bar, right? Like I'm not sitting there with a pen and a pad and a notepad. And I'm also not paid an absorbent amount of money to speak to the entire general public on behalf of the most, uh, the, the most powerful individuals in the world. And it just is, it's so crazy to me to continue that original conversation from before. Well, let, let's continue and see what she says about this baby formula shortage. Here, safely. We want to make sure that this is done in a safe way. We are very, we are very close to having a path forward to safely reopening uh, the facility. Uh, we could, you can expect a, a uh, an announcement from FDA uh, later today on that that will go into more details. Uh, we're also moving as quickly as possible to safely bring in additional product from other countries as soon as today as well. Uh, we will be able to make an announcement on the expedited process uh, to bring additional safe conduct product to the American store, sh- to American store shelves. And throughout the weekend, uh, we've been working closely with manufacturers and retailers to identify transportation and logistical needs to increase the amount and spread of FDA approved formula being shipped into the country and ensure that formula is quickly moving from factories to retailers. The president understands, he gets this, he gets how stressful it is for parents uh, trying to feed their children, which is why we're, we're leaving no stone unturned uh, to make more safe formula available. If parents need help uh, finding formula, uh, I encourage them to consult their pediatrician uh, or visit hhs.gov uh, forward slash formula. But we have been working on this uh, from, the, from, from February. Our, our, our administration has been. Curious whether there are specific meetings, briefings, you know, phone calls that you could point us to. I don't have anything specific for you to point to. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to to go back and and get that. You know, make sure that we are fully transparent on what we've been doing. But this has been, uh, this is an important, uh, you know, this is an important uh, priority, a top priority for the president. Uh, he's his team has been working overtime uh, to make sure that we uh, get formula back on the shelves and we. Want to do this in a safe way, and I and again we cannot forget uh, how that we got here. Abbott closed the facility because of safety concerns from the FDA. The FDA wanted to make sure that we formula was going out in a safe way, and that is the job of the FDA, and that is the job of this administration as well. And so very quickly on Abbott, uh, Secretary Becerra said today in terms of uh, when things would be back to normal that. Abbott- all right, I really don't care about the rest of that. The point of that is there's this there's a baby formula shortage and they want everybody to be terrified about this baby formula shortage and they called it before the shelves were empty and and then in the midst of the baby formula shortage the they shut down two of the biggest plants in the world for baby formula, which is Abbott Pharmaceuticals. Now, if you don't know anything about baby formula, and most people don't. <laughs> I, I really haven't uh, done much research into this until it was an interesting topic for me when I had children. And when my wife kind of came to, you know, didn't really come to me, but just had the ongoing conversations about breastfeeding and, and, and the amazingness that is breastfeeding. Uh, so let's let's jump into this conversation a little bit. They are trying to inflate this sense of of scarcity the sense of you should be fearful and and everybody that you know that has children should be fearful right they they need to keep you in a fearful state if it's not 
COVID, it's Ukraine and Russia. And if it's not Ukraine and Russia, it's food shortages. And if it's not food shortages, when that's not working enough, it's baby formula shortages. And if it's not baby formula shortages, it's whatever the next thing is going to be, there's always going to be that next fear mongering step for these companies. Now, I, I bet you, if we go and look at who has a large stake in these Abbott Pharmaceuticals, in Nestle, in all of these large corporations that produce baby formula, I think we probably have some familiar names in there, just like we were discussing earlier. So, baby formula. Baby formula was formulated back in 1846, I believe, by a chemist. Now, the original idea with baby formula, a lot of times you had to get a prescription for it up until, uh, I don't know, I don't know the year, but you had to get a prescription for baby formula. The idea was to be supplementing your child's nutritional intake. So, what, what I teach my children about nutrition is usually if it doesn't, if, if it's not made by mother nature, if there's all 46 ingredients, like my, my daughter asked me what, what's in, she, she was eating the thing of chicken biscuits <laughs> and she's like, well, well, how do they make, what, what, how are chicken biscuits made? And I read her the 45 ingredients that were on the back of chicken biscuits, none of which was chicken and none of which was biscuits. <laughs> uh, so it's the same thing with baby formula is, is they had to, for, for thousands of years, 20, whatever, whatever history you follow of how long the human population has been around, Neanderthals, uh, whatever, Austropithecus, whatever the personhood, humanoid individual you've had, baby formula has been around for less than 200 years. Less than two, 180 years this has been around. And all of a sudden, it's like the gold standard for nutrition for our children. Even though every little bit of what your child needs is built in to the mother. It's it's truly incredible, the miracle that is a woman. And, and we're seeing this being stripped from them by saying men can get pregnant. And, oh, you don't need to breastfeed because uh, the, 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 the trans men who are pregnant wouldn't even have that ability anyways. You know, it's like they're, they're trying to de, they're trying to take away the superpowers that is femininity and, and, and diminish it to uh, baby formula and men getting pregnant and uh, uh, birthing people and all this ugly, gross, uh, what's that show? Uh, the Handmaid's Tale bullshit. Like women are, are literal superhumans. They have everything your child needs to survive within their own bodies to create, to literally take a, a, a seed and turn it into a whatever is the complexity of a human that is more. It's literally an organic 3D printer that, that creates the most unbelievable organism that the, the, the craziest technology that we have today could never duplicate your neurons, your brain, your consciousness, your uh, ability to move, your, none of that. None of that comes from us. That is, that is the, 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 the mother nature. That is God. That is the universe. That, that is the ref we are a reflection of the universe. And, and women are the most powerful of us. Sorry, men. <laughs> like, women have everything that we need within us or within them. Sorry, I'm not a woman. I know that's a crazy statement to make these days, but I am not a woman. I cannot birth a child, and I do not have milk ducks. So, um, all the nutrition, like I've literally seen my wife do some unbelievable, like my my son had uh, baby acne, right? Every baby gets these little bumps on their face. 
and my wife put breast milk on it. It was literally gone the next day. The next day it was gone. Um, I've they got sty in his eye and breast milk gone, gone, unbelievable. So this baby formula idea is taking away the power of the woman. And, and I understand that there's, you know, I don't want this to be like, don't, don't take this as me looking at women who have formula fed their childs and, and like berating you or like trying to diminish what you did for your child. You did what you needed to do and, and what you were told was right for your child. And oftentimes maybe that was giving them some pharmaceuticals, 45 ingredient uh, bullshit that, I don't know, I don't know. But I, I don't want you to take this as me diminishing your decisions. What this, what I'm going to show you here, and the articles that I'm going to pull up, and the, the scientific studies I'm going to pull up, are going to show you the malicious intent of the marketing behind this machine that is Big Pharma, and in in the fact that they they took it upon themselves to make you believe that your children and you don't have everything that you need within your own household and your own body to give your child what they need to grow into a healthy individual. Okay. So let's go ahead and let's, let's discuss this shortly. There's actually an interesting, I was listening to this. I posted on truth, um, a, a few things about baby formula. The first thing that came to my mind when baby formula shortage drew up is why the fuck are we giving our babies pharmaceutical 45 ingredient Abbott pharmaceuticals, Nestle, all of this BS pharmaceutical, uh, crap to our children from birth. And so you start diving deeper into the marketing aspects of these far of these companies, these pharmaceutical companies and the, 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 the grossness that came with how they pushed this, uh, this, this idea of baby formula. Now, now there's two ways that you can do this, um, that you can push this, uh, this type of, uh, mass movement of, of money. And one way is through fear. And we saw that with COVID and we saw that with the vaccine. And the other way is, uh, is, well, I guess there's three. There's, there's fear, there's addiction, and then there's, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like ease of use it is like taking away the, the difficulties of life, right? Like, so I've watched breastfeeding with my wife and my children, and, and I've seen that it's, it's very difficult sometimes. There's a lot of things that can come up, a lot of, uh, soreness and, and, and some women don't produce enough and, and, and all of these difficulties that can happen with breastfeeding. And so what the pharmaceutical companies did is said, they said, here, we have the solution to your difficulty, right? We, we are the ones who solved this problem, not God, right? It, it, I posted on truth too, is like on, on the seventh day of, uh, on the seventh day, God created, or uh, on the seventh day, God appointed the CEO of Abbott Pharmaceuticals because he knew the first six days weren't enough to, to give the nutrition to the children. <laughs> so it's like, no, the first six days were correct. There is no seventh day. He rested because he deserved it, right? And so uh, everything that we need is within the body of, of the individual. And so what we'll see is that it was the, it was the presentation of a solution, of, of a, a solution to your problem of that difficulty and breastfeeding's hard. It's like I've I've watched it, right? I'm not just coming from like, oh, the, the, you're a man, you don't get to discuss this. Well, no, I've seen it. I've seen the difficulties of it. I know what women go through. I, I've I've watched some some very difficult times that my wife's gone through breastfeeding. And she didn't breastfeed all of our children. We were young when we had our first, and and um, it, it wasn't completely, you know, the formula was used and, and all this stuff. So we were. I was a part of that. I'm a, I'm in that group, right? So. Again, don't don't take this as me diminishing anybody who decided to do that. So let, let's go ahead and watch this clip. Joe Rogan discussed it a few days after I discussed it on my truth. 
social account about, you know, uh, the, the, the evils of the uh, breastfeeding machine. All right. And here it is. I keep hearing there's a formula shortage, which is terrifying. Oh, the baby formula. Yeah, I saw that recently. Where's how is that? What's going on? What's going on there? Um, I don't know. I mean, How the I, fuck do you not have enough baby I, formula? I, 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 I'm, I'm happy they don't, first of all. What? Because <laughs> I what? don't. And I'll tell you why. Please do. Baby formula ain't no good for babies. It's not? Not most. Most of them are not. But some women can't pump. Some women. Right, they, right, right. For whatever reason, they're milk ducks. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's alternative formulas out there. Like, there's really good. Um, some of them are like soy based. I'm like, I don't get your child that. And but like when you talk about, I don't want to name companies because that could get me in legal issues. Right. But the formula that's on the market has a lot of toxic ingredients in it. It ain't good for babies. Like right? what? What kind of toxic ingredients? I don't know. I haven't studied this stuff in years. But let people do their own research, right? Let, let people go. And there's a lot of people that have done this research. Right? Let's see if we can find it. Let's see, find out what what. So the first thing that he says there is that. I'm happy that there's this shortage. I'm happy that it brings up this conversation surrounding why women should know that breastfeeding is is literally the biggest, un, most unbelievable miracle of of life. It's 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 like right behind actually giving birth to a child. Breastfeeding's right there. The fact that you have all the nutrition in your body, the things that your body creates, the antibodies that you give your child, is is unbelievable. And he talks about some of the negative things that are within breastfeeding and in, in, in within this. Um, Within the actual, uh, uh, within the actual ingredients of some of these uh, baby formulas, so I did a little bit of research on that, and they are like, "Hey, let's pull this up." I, I, he did not do enough research. I did. So here we go. Let's go ahead and talk about some of the ingredients that are actually negative within baby formulas. So some of the things that are within baby formulas, I pulled up a few different things. Now, if we go through the, the ingredients, this is from Enfamil. And that's one of the most commonly used baby formulas. Now, here is the uh, ingredients for you guys, and I'm going to read them off. Okay, non-fat milk, lactose, vegetable oil, palm oil, coconut, soy, high illicit sunflower oils, whey protein concentrates, uh, galactoglossocerides, polydextrose, mortiserellia alpina oil, uh, Cryptocondinium uh, cohen oil, calcium carbonate, potassium citrate, ferrous sulfate, potassium chloride, magnesium oxide, sodium chloride, zinc sulfate, culprit sulfate, magnesium sulfate, potassium oxide, sophia, sodium salidate, soy, lecithin, choline chloride, ascorbic acid, niacinamide, calcium. Okay, that's half the list. <laughs> you get the point, okay? Now, what I did is I took some of those ingredients and tried to figure out what the hell they are and what some of the side effects of those are. And here's some of my research. So one of those things that I went over was galactol egonosaccharides. Okay. Now, one of the things that that ingredient specifically causes is autoimmune diseases, such as multiple sclerosis, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, or other conditions Galacto-oligosaccharides might cause the immune system to become more active. This might increase the symptoms of autoimmune disorders and diseases. If you have an autoimmune uh, condition, it's best to avoid this medicine until more is known. Now, the next thing is polydextrose. Polydextrose says for pregnancy and breastfeeding. 
there isn't enough available information to know if polydextrose is safe to use as a medicine when pregnant or breastfeeding. Stay on the safe side and stick to food amounts. Children, polydextrose is possibly safe for infants when added to formula at concentrates of 2.4 grams per liter of formula. It is also possibly safe for children 4 to 8 years old at doses of 4 grams daily. Okay, I like that. Possibly safe. Just just a, a nice legal term to say, we have no idea what we're doing. Just shove it down your kid's throat and don't sue us. And here's how you can't because we said it's possibly safe. Soy. Soy is co uh, commonly consumed in foods. However, soy is possibly unsafe when used in larger amounts found in medicine and when pregnant. You know, maybe you shouldn't do it when you're pregnant, but you should definitely shove concentrated amounts of this stuff into your child's body directly, okay? So here are some of the things. Soy is commonly consumed and uh, talks about breastfeeding. There isn't enough reliable information to know if it is safe to consume in large amounts. And then it says that soy is possibly unsafe when used as an alternative to cow's milk in children who are allergic to cow's milk. Well, that makes sense. But it also shows that there's a relation to breast cancer. Um, there is an, a relation to underactive thyroids, kidney failure, kidney stones, milk allergies, and bladder cancer, all from soy. And that's within your baby's formula. Morta Barella Alpina oil. Now, what this is is an extracted oil that comes from mushrooms and other uh, like algae. And, and they take this to try and uh, basically superimpose something called DHA. And DHA is, is a, a very large portion of what's positive for your child. One of, the, one of the many things that's positive for your child from breast milk. And they tried to duplicate that by putting it from this, you know, because they can't actually do it any other way because the miracle of life and the miracle of a woman's body. They took algae and they took mushrooms and extracted it through this oil solvent. And so it says that, um, and this was a study that I, I researched about this Mortarella alpina oil, which showed that rats had um, an organ weight determinations carried out, um, which showed statistically significant differences in absolute liver weights in males, relative brain, lung, and adrenal weights in females, as well as absolute and relative spleen weights in females. So there was a variation in the organ weights based on just this one specific product alone, okay? That's one thing. That's just one thing, okay? There's, there's three pieces of the 45 ingredients that we just talked about, okay? Now, let's go ahead and, and continue this Joe Rogan clip. I think it's important to give it its due because they go over some, some pretty good stuff here. Uh, let me go ahead and we'll continue that conversation bad about baby formula pull up the ingredients just on just somebody. google what's bad about baby formula okay you might have to use a, it might, might be a thing you, that, an alternative yeah that would give you bad what'd you say that would give you bad blog results like that's gonna give you oh goofy shit then people are trying to sell stuff yeah. how about toxic <clears throat> ingredients in baby formula Can that you might google work. that that might work would that work what are you doing over there jamie you wrestling mic. with that microphone <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I don't know, you know, like it's uh, definitely better to have breast milk. Yes, absolutely. But I think for some women, that's uh, an impossibility. They right. So then, all right, maybe you gotta have that that formula, right? Mm -hmm. But um, I think uh, a lot of women um, also can't afford the breast milk because the breast milk is expensive. You know, if you can't nurse, buy oh, you mean it. buying breast? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's very expensive. Yeah, that stuff is very expensive. So it's hard to get alternatives. Blah blah blah. And the thing is, like, there are people that are making um, baby. There's so many times I'm going to want to interject on this. So, so, the, so here's the position that I held when it comes to uh, 
the Roe v. Wade's position. You know, I do talk about pro-choice is like, you know, I'm pro-choice. I believe in adoption. I believe in parenthood. I believe in uh, contraception. I believe in abstinence. You have many choices. One of those choices should not be having an abortion, right? Okay, there's uh, one position to hold, right? Now, my, my belief system when it comes to breastfeeding is that there are other options. The only other option is not giving your child a 45-ingredient pharmaceutical uh, a powder made by Abbott Pharmaceuticals, right? There is other options, and we're, we're just just by closing your eyes and not looking at them doesn't mean they don't exist, right? There's literally a McDonald's on every single corner. You you can go on Google Maps right now and type in McDonald's. You'll see ten McDonald's in a five mile radius of your home. So there are other options. One of those options is well vetted donor banks, right? Where they basically take. Uh, women's breast milk in they they test it for things they they make sure that you know there's no uh you know um, transference of diseases and things they, they're well tested well maintained for safety and health um, and then there's also uh, lactation consultants <clears throat> both of those two things solve every problem you could ever have with breast milk lactation consultants like better access to lactation consultants and properly vetted milk donation centers those are your answers. The answer is not having Abbott Pharmaceuticals design a product 180 years ago that we now believe is the gold standard for nutrition for our children. And, and you don't need boobs. You know, you're a man with your, your pregnant man emoji. You can just, you know, you don't need that. You just use, use this little powder we made for you. Here's your solution, right? And that's where we've gotten as a society is everything is solution-based and every corporation is going to find a solution for you for every little piece of your life that's inconvenient like breastfeeding. Right. And, and if you're having a problem breastfeeding, if you're not, if they're not latching, if you're not getting enough supply, if you're not, if this is happening or that's happening, there's lactation consultants. There's people whose job is literally designed to help you breastfeed. There's a reason that there's that individual, right? There's a reason they exist, right? And there should be more of them and there should be better access to them. And it should be a more of a conversation that they exist. And it's not because these pharmaceutical organizations that own these uh, own these um, baby formula companies don't want that to be the conversation. They don't want, just like the same way they don't want you growing crops in your backyard. Did you know that the grass that's in front of your house was literally a fucking rich person's flex to show that they don't need crops? Like, I didn't know that up until like last year or so. Like, that's what grass is. It's, it's a flex to show that you don't need to grow your own crops. Right? But they don't want you to know that. They don't want you growing your own crops. They don't want you knowing that you, you can have... Uh, you, you can have your own carrots and all these, you know, chickens and all these things. They don't want you knowing that. They don't want you believing that's an option because they have the solution and then they profit off of it, right? So lactation consultants, milk donor banks, two specific answers to every problem that you could have. Now, I'm not saying that we have the infrastructure right now to correct these issues to the point where we can completely replace baby formula. That's probably not the case, but there are better alternatives than what these pharmaceutical companies are offering. There's there's um, like very natural homeopathic ways of of giving like goat's milk uh, powder and, and and other ways. You can look up these uh, very um, homeopathic ways of, of making your own formula at home that's much cheaper, much safer, doesn't have 45 ingredients, including algae-based oil that has no real substance to it, that, that, that has cancer causing agents. I mean, all this crazy stuff. So, you know, again, I'm just saying these companies, I, I guess he doesn't want to get sued. I don't want to get sued. I don't know what I'm talking about. Don't listen to me. 
definitely don't sue me if you're in these companies. <laughs> I'm just talking. But uh, consult your physician and don't listen to me about medical advice because I don't know what I'm talking about. And uh, also don't sue me for saying a company name because you know everything I'm saying is in satire. But don't use baby formula. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a big farce. Um, so let's, let's continue this clip. Baby formula that is like organic, holistic, but because of like FDA regulations and certain guidelines they got to stay within, so they can't say, oh, this is safe for a newborn, right? Oh. But you can technically give it to a newborn, but they can't put that on the label and say, hey, this is good for a newborn. You can get this stuff on Amazon, right? Um, But there's organic, like, good baby formula out there. So they can't call it baby formula? Is that what it is? Yeah, well... What do they call it's, it? It's like, it's more, they, they, stay, they uh, market it towards, like, more toddlers, Huh. So like it's it's like uh, I want to say six to twelve months or twelve months to twenty four months or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just had a baby, so that's why I was oh, like I yeah, all in it. Oh, here it is. Some of America's biggest manufacturers of baby food have not been adequately testing and removing products with dangerous levels of heavy metals, according to new congressional U.S. congressional report. This is all part of an ongoing battle to make baby food safe. The new report says Gerber and Beech Nut didn't properly test and remove these products, while Sprout Foods Incorporated, Walmart's Parent Choice, and Plum Organics were relaxed in their efforts. Mm. Arsenic, lead, Cadmium and mercury were found in rice cereals, sweet potato purees, juices, and sweet snack puffs, according to a previous report from the Subcommittee on Economic and Consumer Policy Committee on Oversight. At the time, the company's Nature sells Happy Family Organics and Happy Baby Products. Beech Nut, Hain, Earth's Best Organic, and Gerber agreed to the subcommittee's previous request for investigation. The subcommittee also reached out to Walmart, Campbell, and Sprout Organic Foods, which did not allow the investigation. Those companies later began cooperating. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Right. So there's a uh, toxic baby food lawsuit cases mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for right. parents at the bottom there. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so then you see the ADHD autism mm -hmm. situation yeah. popping up because of the heavy metals, neurotoxins. Yeah. Right. For parents who have bought food from any of the brands and have children with autism and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, mm -hmm. both autism and ADHD have been associated with toxic metals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you when I saw that, I saw this story pop up. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, good. <laughs> right? It's like it's like in some ways it's bad because the baby needs something. Yeah. Right. It needs something. Right. But in another way I'm just like, you know, it, it's catch twenty two. Why is there a shortage? Why well, see, the, the Google whole, that. Why is there a baby food shortage? Yeah. It, it, I is thought it, it was because of um Is it the Putin <laughs> price hike? <laughs> I thought it was because the um Here it goes. Wow, look at that. 40% of baby food formula out of stock. Thread on inf uh, infant formula shortage situation, which feels like a slow-moving train wreck. Mm -hmm. First, retail stock has been rocky for months. It was already bad over the holidays. Then a big recall plus plant shutdown in February made it worse. Mm. Oh, so there's a plant shutdown. Mm. Oh, that's right, because the plants have been burning down. You saw that? Yeah, I did. That was like <laughs> food production plants. Yes, food processing plants. Yeah, why is, why is that happening? <laughs> <laughs> that, but man, if it's a good time to be a conspiracy theorist, it's a great time because you know you got a lot of fucking ammunition. Yeah, I, 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 I tend not to look into this stuff 
it's probably because it gives me anxiety. Yeah, it gives me anxiety too. That's why I need weed. <laughs> I need Mark Tyson weed. <laughs> All right. So there's the Joe Rogan experience on the crisis of baby formula shortages. So let's dive into some of the articles that I have pulled up here that I think are important to discuss. And, and so I have a few different things that I will walk you through right now. Um, but I would like to remind you, redpillrevolution.co. And you can get a life insurance policy right now for you, for your wife, for your family. Make sure that you're uh, happily covered in the event of what we all know is going to happen. There may be food shortages. There may be baby formula shortages. But what we know 100% is your ass is going to die eventually. And you want to make sure that your assets are covered. You want to make sure that your mortgage is covered. You want to make sure that your wife has the ability to afford to buy formula if that's what she decides to do, which is perfectly okay. Um, but head over to redpillrevolution.co and go ahead and apply. Go ahead and get a quote. It says nothing for you uh, other than getting a free quote. You can check it out, see how much it costs for you. Again, $2 million policy for myself was around $60 a month. That's crazy prices. I recommend getting a term life policy somewhere between 15 to 20 years. Um, that allows you to lock in that price for that same amount of time. And while you're healthy and while you are young, keep that price and make sure that your family is covered. Other than that, let's go ahead and jump into these articles. And the first of which is going to be, so I'll just kind of talk you through the headlines of some of these. The first one is U.S. is the almost alone in cast ballots against code on baby formula marketing. So there was only two companies specifically that uh, decided to vote against baby formula marketing codes across the entire world. Um, the next one that we'll talk about is 80% of baby formula contains arsenic and other toxins. That's from globalcitizen.org. The next one is baby formula makers still breaking global marketing rules. Um, after that lies the baby formula lawsuits for necrotizing uh, colitis or something crazy like that. That's horrific. Um, but really, there's one specific scientific article that I found that has all of the negative short-term and long-term side effects of using baby formula compared to breastfeeding. And that's the most important one. So I'll probably only touch on a couple of these here. But I think it's it's interesting here that the US was the only specific next to Bangladesh and Chad. The United States cast its vote against a voluntary international code to restrict the marketing of infant formula and other breast milk substitutes. And this was in 1981. Says the code was drafted in response to charges that as many as a million third world babies died of malnutrition each year when they are given commercial formula and other baby foods prepared under unsanitary conditions. The roll call voice vote at a special committee of the annual assembly of the World Health Organization found 93 governments in favor of the code, three against and nine abstaining. Gerald Hellman, U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations in Geneva, told delegates after the vote, we have serious concerns about this organization's involvement in commercial code, and this is a central basis for our inability to support this code. There are, shall be no advertising or other form of promotion to the general public of products within the scope of this code. Bangladesh and Chad voted against the code for technical reasons and have said that they will cast yes votes on Thursday when the full assembly meets to ratify today's votes. With the exception of Japan, which abstained, major U.S. allies came out strongly in favor of the code. The 10-nation European Economic Committee, which voted as a block, underscored our commitment to the guiding principles expressed in this code. 
Um, it says that he added that the U.S. government's rejection of the code did not imply a rejection of breastfeeding. We strongly support efforts to promote and protect breastfeeding as the ideal form of infant nutrition, Hellman said. Our own bilateral assistance programs encompassing education, training, and dissemination of information in the promotion of breastfeeding and the improvement of infant and maternal nutrition attest to this commitment. Um, so, I won't bore you with the rest of that, but it's interesting that we were one of only two three countries that did this it says passage of the code was a sharp rebuke to infant formula companies, which had lobbied hard against it. The international council of infant food industries, the Zurich based industrial lobby, uh, which says its members account for 85% of world infant formula sales charged backers of the code with issuing misleading propaganda about the issue. The council's president, Ernest Saunders, who is also a vice president of Nestle called the code restrictive, irrelevant and unworkable. Non-government backers of the code led the International Baby Food Action Network, a coalition of church and consumer activists and third world aid groups, termed the adoption of the code a moral victory, but added the real fight begins now in getting the code implemented and setting a workable system to monitor its performance. Interesting. So there has been actually specific marketing campaigns that have been outlawed surrounding baby formula, including giving free samples at hospitals, which many, many hospitals have been going and, and illegally peddling this free samples. I posted something again that said, you know, there's only two industries that give free samples. One of them is hard drug dealers <laughs> and the other is baby formula companies. Those are the only two companies giving out free samples. They give it to you free samples at the hospital. They tell your doctor to shove it down your throat. They get kickbacks for it. They go out to nice, beautiful dinners, so they shove these formulas down your throat, and then they send it to your fucking house. They send it right to your address. The second you have a child, you'll get these nice, beautiful boxes of formula that you never asked for because they want to hook you on the convenience of not having to breastfeed your child. So here's the next one. Um, it says 80% of baby formula contains arsenic and other toxins, which is a new study. This was in 2017. And that study was done, um, it's on globalcitizens.org. You can Google that. Um, I don't think it's important as much to go into the specifics of that. Um, and then, so really, the, the last, the one that I really want to dive into, that I want to give the most uh, conscious effort here, is the uh, scientific article that I found. Okay, so here it is. This is, uh, the scientific article is called, is titled, Breastfeeding in the 21st Century. Epidemiology, Mechanisms, and Lifelong Effect. I'm looking at it at bpni.org. If you Google that, you research it, you will find the same article. And I'm going to start us off on page five. I think this is a really, really interesting deep dive into this, uh, the, the outcomes of this. So it says that, um, I'm going to just start from the top here, um, and see if I can, you know, maybe sift through some of the parts that aren't as important. But I, I do think this is these, there's a few paragraphs here about the short-term effects. There's a few paragraphs about the long-term effects. Uh, but tune in, listen in. This is a, a really important discussion. There's some terrifying, terrifying statistics around the differences between using baby formula and natural breastfeeding. So let's dive into what those are. <clears throat> it says, the results of 28 meta-analysis on the associations between breastfeeding and outcomes in the children in mothers, of which 23 were commissioned for the series, are summarized in the table. We won't actually look at that table. We'll discuss the actual outcomes. So it says only three studies in LMICs provided information about mortality according to exclusive predominant partial or no breastfeeding in the first six months of life. A strong protective effect was evident. 
with exclusively breastfed infants having only 12% of the risk of death compared to those who were not breastfed. Another three studies showed that infants younger than six months who were not breastfed had three to five times and four times increases in mortality compared to those who received any breast milk and that the protection was decreased with age. These results are lent support by studies of children aged 6 to 23 months in whom any breastfeeding was associated with a 50% reduction in death. A 50% reduction in death for breastfeeding specifically. Is that not worth your inconvenience? Is that not worth your time? Is that not worth overcoming the malicious advertising campaigns of these pharmaceutical companies? A 50% reduction in total death. It says breastfeeding might also protect against deaths in high-income countries. A meta-analysis of six high-quality studies showed that ever breastfeeding was associated with a 36% reduction in SIDS, and SIDS is a crazy conversation. There's literally a no. Could you imagine if there was a sudden adult death syndrome? Like you just fucking died for no reason. And then they just called it. Oh, yeah, I don't know. He just suddenly died. No reason. But because they're children, they're infants. We just get to call it SIDS and, and move on. It's it's the SIDS conversation is gross. And, and, and if you read anything about vaccines and baby formula, you'll know what the correlation and causation is. Um, so it says that 36% reduction in sudden infant deaths. Another meta-analysis of four randomized controlled trials showed a 58% decrease in necrotizing enterocolitis, a disorder with high case fatality in all settings. And that's a big thing that has been many, many lawsuits for that based on baby formula. It says in terms of child morbidity, overwhelming evidence exists from 66 different analysis, mostly from LMICs, and in, in, including three randomized controlled trials that breastfeeding protects against diarrhea and respiratory infections. About half of all diarrhea episodes and a third of respiratory infections would be avoided by breastfeeding. Protection against hospital admissions due to these disorders is even greater Breastfeeding could prevent 72% of admissions from diarrhea and 50%, 57% of those for respiratory infections. We discussed the risks associated with breast milk substitutes in terms of biological and chemical con uh, contaminations um, in a different part of the study. Our review suggests important protection against otis, otitis media in children younger than two years of age, mostly from high-income settings, but inconclusive findings from older children. Um... Let's see, kind of run through this. Uh, when we analyze uh, asthma, we noted the statistically significant evidence of a 9% reduction in asthma with breastfeeding, but effects were smaller and non-significant when restricted analysis to the 16 studies with tighter control. All right, so maybe a 50% overall decrease in death. Yeah, maybe that's worth worthwhile. Um, on the basis of 49 studies, our analysis of oral health outcomes showed that breastfeeding was associated with a 68% reduction in malocclusions. Most studies were restricted to young adults. Um, da -la -la -la. All right, cool. Move on. Now let's look at the long-term side effects, okay? I'm going to kind of just sift through here and make sure I'm not missing anything. Uh, all right, so... There's a big long list and table here that you can go through um, regarding the rest of that studies and findings for the short term, um, but I'm going to sift through a few more of these uh, little things here. So it says, we deemed that only three studies to be of high quality, 
um, which indicated a potentially important but not statistically significant reduction of 24%, um, and that's for type 2 diabetes. Um, so for the in incidence of type 2 diabetes, the pooled results from 11 studies indicate a 35% reduction in type 2 diabetes just from breastfeeding. That's it. Okay, the direction and magnitude of the association with diabetes are consistent with findings for overweight. An earlier review of six studies indicated the possible protective effect against type 1 diabetes. Um, all right, let's move on. Breastfeeding was consistently associated with higher performance and intelligence tests in children and adolescents with a pooled increase of 3 to 4 IQ points based on the findings of 16 observational studies that controlled for several co-founding factors, including home stimulation. Nine studies also adjusted for maternal intelligence, showing a pooled effect of two to six points. A large randomized trial reported an increase of more than seven IQ points at six to five uh, years age. And a similar effect was reported in a non-randomized study, uh, which preterm infants were fed formula or breast milk. Wow. So you can make your child literally smarter just by breastfeeding them. Says so a study in Brazil, including 30 years of follow-up, suggests an effect of breastfeeding on intelligence attains schooling and adult earnings, with 72% effect of breastfeeding on income explained by the increase in IQ. A review of 18 studies suggests that breastfeeding is associated with a 19% reduction in the inc incidence of childhood leukemia. Almost one-fifth of the children who got leukemia maybe would have not gotten it had their mothers breastfeed specifically. All right, so... I'm um, going to keep going here. Now, let's look at some more of these uh, talks about, sorry, this is a fairly long study. I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything for you guys. This is a meta-analysis. So this starts to talk about, I believe, um, okay, so it says that there was a 3% uh, decrease in the incidence of invasive breast cancer in, ch in, in uh, children. Um, the results did not vary substantially according to menopausal status. There was a 30% reduction associated with longer periods of breastfeeding co-founding um, for ovarian cancer. It's a 30% reduction. Is this for the mother or the child? Let's see. Let me go back up here. Yep. So effects on the mother. So the table shows, so this is all basically what this does for the mom to have breastfeed. So it says 50% more births would have be expected in the absence of breastfeeding, our review conforms the increase of breastfeeding, especially exclusive or predominantly breastfeeding in amorrhea. Okay, so the mom specifically, uh, this is a meta-analysis, odds ratio in view of finding and association could be predicted with overweight, but a renew of 54 articles. Okay, so now, now here's the estimated lives saved for children and mothers. Just specifically for breastfeeding, here are the amount of lives that would be saved for the child and for the mother just by breastfeeding. It says it estimates that 823,000 annual deaths would be saved in 75 high mortality LMICs in 2015 if breastfeeding had was scaled up to near universal levels. This corresponds to 8% of the deaths of children under two years of age. For preventable deaths, 87% would have occurred in infants younger than six months due to a combination of high death rates and low prevalence of exclusive breastfeeding. We also estimated the potential effect of breastfeeding on breast cancer mortality using the estimates of protection from the pooled study. We estimate that existing global rates of breastfeeding averted 19 
1,464 breast cancer deaths. Completely. Wow. How terrifying is that? So just those studies alone. Now go ahead and read those studies. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. It's, it's, it's a far more amount of pages. It's, it's a 16-page study. There's a bunch of tables. All of that for you. And again, the name of it is Breastfeeding in the 21st Century. I'm going to include that in this week's Substack um, podcast companion. I will include all of the articles that I discussed, including some several more interesting studies as well as the other articles I didn't dive into. But I think that was the most important one. 820,000 deaths would have been avoided had there been a near universal amount of breastfeeding compared to baby formula. Now, that's a really difficult conversation to have with women who have specifically done baby formula. And I, and I get it. It's like the, it's you like anybody who argues against this, this statistical facts that are here in, in, in showing in these studies was either a victim. And that's the thing. The women and the children were victims of this malicious marketing campaign. I'm not wagging my finger at women who gave their child formula. I know it's a touchy subject. I saw it when I posted some things about it. Trust me. I get it. I know you were duped by pharmaceutical companies to believe that the convenience is worth the, 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 is not worth um, the, the, the outcome is not worth the difficulty of the inconvenience and, and, and formula is an easy, easy solution, right? And, and sometimes you need something else besides yourself and there needs to be a better infrastructure for these things. There needs to be an ongoing conversation about how we can empower women how, how we can allow them to, to, to you know, give, give as much of themselves to these situations as possible. By, you know, one of the arguments is like, oh, well, how is women going to go into the, the, the work scenario? Well, there should be breastfeeding stations. There should be, you know, a, a more acceptable view on public breastfeeding. Like, it, it's not a big deal. You're feeding your child. Like, don't be a fucking creep, maybe, you know. Um, but, but I think that the best thing you can do is, is you know, Put, put the word out there. The, the, the idea should be that, you know, what's best for you and what's best for your child is what's best for you and best for your child. I'm not telling you what you should have done or what you should do. What I'm telling you is that there is a, a very big, significant, significant difference in mortality rates and in, in the outcome of, of IQ and, and, and all of these things that we just discussed specifically just by going through that inconvenience and, and dealing with it and, and, and speaking with a lactation consultant when things are difficult and, and, you know, and, and when things get to a point where you are not able to, to follow through on it, look for milk donation banks. And, and, and there's other ways of going about it that don't have to do with peddling the, the profits of these pharmaceutical companies that push these products. Cause that's all it is. It's a product it's profitability and it's dark, deep, seated gross marketing over the last 180 years that made it seem like the inconvenience was worth the um worth you know the the, the convenience of of breast of of baby formula was worth the um outcome right and that it was safe and effective and there was no reason that you should be breastfeeding it's basically virtually the same only we put some vitamins in there it's not the case it's not what it is and and, and so do some more research go ahead and check out that study um, look up for the Substack. If you're not on the Substack already, go to Substack, uh, redpillrevolution.substack.com. Sign up. I'll include all of the articles, all of the scientific studies. Um, you'll see a, a link to the video for this episode and a few other things. Um, and the last thing is the Patreon. So I am considering, I, I will be actually um, given the new way of monetizing. 
I don't see a need. I think the Patreon is a bit more work um, than it's actually uh, having as outcome right now. So for me, if you are on the Patreon right now, you are going to be getting a free uh, one-year membership to the Substack. All right. Um, I think that's going to be the best way to go about this. I will be doing lives. I will be doing all of that for you guys. I will be doing additional episodes coming up soon. Um, and the way that I can do that and the way that I can justify spending more time away from my family and more time away from my work and things that I need to also pay attention to is by just protecting your family. Okay. Again, go to redpillrevolution.co, sign up for some life insurance that benefits you, that supports the show. It would mean the world to me. Um, and besides that, look out for the Rumble, YouTube. I'm going to be starting to upload the full episodes again there. I think that's the best way to go about it. You know, if you have some feedback on that, please let me know. Send me an email, austin at redpillrevolution.co or redpillrevolt at protonmail.com. If you have some input on these things, um, whatever it is, let me know. But I'm trying to find the best way to go about it. But I do think that the best way is just to give you guys everything give you all the, all the content. I, I don't want to be putting it behind a paywall. I just want to put out there that if you can and if you need it, go ahead and sign up for that life insurance. There are specific states that I'm in right now, um, including uh, Louisiana, uh, Michigan, Tennessee, Arizona, um, West Virginia. Uh, I'll even look up the, the list here for you guys. But um, And as time goes on, I'll get all of the, the appointments for all of the states. Um, but as of right now, there's about eight or nine states specifically to sign up for that life insurance policy. Um, and here they are. Let me go ahead and give you what those states are. They are um, Tennessee, Arizona, Louisiana, Michigan, Missouri, North Carolina, Ohio, West Virginia. Those are the first states right now. Um, as time goes on, I get a couple of the, you guys to get to signed up. I will buy all of the other states, <laughs> all right? Um, so if you have a state that you want me to get in and you want to sign up, let me know. Send me a message, um, austin at redpillrevolution.co, and I will get the appointment specifically just so that you can sign up. So let me know. Send me an email. Um, but again, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hit that five-star review button. I appreciate you guys so much. I hope you took something away from this deep dive into the baby formula situation. I think it's an important conversation. I hope you got some uh, interesting insight into the change of the White House press secretary. Um, but all in all, I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you so much. And welcome to the revolution. Have a great week.